podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Chelsea fans. Welcome back to the Son of Chelsea podcast. I'm Daniel Childs. Hope you're doing well and keeping safe wherever you are listening to this. Uh, we've got a good guest on today, Jay at I Don't Mind on Twitter. Uh, a really good guest, and we had a great conversation about Chelsea. We covered the World Cup, how Chelsea players have done at the World Cup, why are some Chelsea players performing better for their nations than they do at Stamford Bridge. Uh, then we get into a really interesting conversation because Jay has some really interesting thoughts on the Roman Abramovich era and maybe some things that people don't kind of think about with with that era at Chelsea given how successful it was and you know kind of diving into the, what the future of Chelsea could look like and then also we get into Mason Mount his best position, Graham Potter, the return to football at the end of this month uh, in the Premier League for Chelsea. Lots of good stuff. Uh, so I hope you do enjoy listening to the conversation. Just before we do get into that conversation, uh, Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min podcast network Uh, so if you are listening on the podcast feed thank you so much for tuning in it really does mean the world and also if you do enjoy the content please do give us a rate and review it really does help out before christmas Um, but none of my rambling let's just get straight to the conversation hope you enjoy and i'll be seeing you again very soon all the best so jay thank you for joining me um how you doing are you enjoying the world cup yeah 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 um I've I've enjoyed the game so far. Like there's there's been a few like kind of like dead rubbers where <laughs> you're probably expecting a little bit more. But um, I think the the surprises have been good. I think like you know like Korea and Japan, like getting through to like the knockout stages, stuff like that. I think it's it's been it's been good to watch. Um, and yeah, like, like I'm from Ghana as well, so like I was I was happy to kind of see them. Um, do well up until the Uruguay game. Obviously, they they kind of they let themselves down a bit. Obviously, in that in that game, I think they they played it a bit safe and got the the selection. Um, they got the team selection wrong, in my opinion. But yeah, overall, World Cup's been good. England doing well. So so yeah, yeah, it has been. Uh, it's it's been nice. I was having a conversation with Adam about this, Adam Newson, and um, it's just nice for me to like watch games other than the England ones without much kind of like stress or care about them like just watch football which with Chelsea it's just it's just not the same like even when Chelsea are doing well like there is still a level of stress and anxiety going into every single game so it's it's been nice to just sit down and watch football and just be like I enjoy this there isn't too much like cynicism around it you know I'm just I'm just enjoying the football and and obviously we've seen mostly Chelsea players do well at the World Cup haven't we yeah I, I think um like the majority of them have done well. I think when when they've when they've uh, been playing for their countries and that they've all looked like different players, obviously for their country. Um, so yeah, I think I think Ziyech is having a good time at the moment, being being with um, with Morocco, um, Koulibaly up until like the the knockout games. I think he was he was playing all right for Senegal as well, and then and then you had um, Pulisic as well. Looked in his element for for the US for for USA, so I think um, there's there's obvious obvious reasons as to why they're more comfortable there. Um, 
you know, being away from the Premier League, the, the gruesome kind of schedule that they've had, you know, leading up to the World Cup as well. Um, obviously, the players have had, like, the change of manager and stuff like that as well. Like like you said just now about kind of watching Chelsea, like, it's been, it's been surrounded by a lot of, like, kind of just unneeded, like, chaos. It's not really something that is needed in this precise moment, but obviously due to the way things were done with the with the owners early on and the, the big decisions that they've kind of made, they, they've obviously impacted, I think, the, the players' mood around around Chelsea. And, and for some players, they're just getting on with it. And for some for some of the, the other players, they're, they're probably finding this break at the World Cup quite refreshing, do you know what I mean, to just be around, you know, their fellow countrymen and that people that they, they kind of get on with, like probably week in, week out, some of them probably speak to each other off the pitch and that. So, yeah, they're, they're more comfortable. Um, but we'll see how it plays when, when they come back because, for me, I think it's good that it's it's good that they've had, like, the the good kind of patch of form with their countries because then they've got that to bring back to the league. But it's still coming back to the league. So, you know, it's, it's also a different kettle of fish altogether in terms of where you're playing in that. Yeah, I, I think there is kind of a balance with this World Cup of not reading too much into the players, good and bad, because international football is very different to club football. And I also, you know, Pulisic and Ziyech, to me, they look like players are not only in systems that better suit their qualities. I, I think maybe there's just a sense of more trust in their nation. Like their international managers use them as big players, whilst at Chelsea, they're a part of a group of other players and maybe have kind of felt that they're on the outskirts, particularly, you know, Ziyech is, I think, the most extreme one. I think he's only had like nine appearances for us this season. So, you know, going to the World Cup where he starts literally every single game for his nation, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, chalk and cheese between both uh, both clubs so or both teams. So, it's you know, I think it's really helped his confidence. Obviously, we're, we're seeing now Graham Potter, the players, uh, the ones that aren't involved in the World Cup, have now travelled to Abu Dhabi, not too far away from where the World Cup is taking place for some warm weather training. Um, it's great to see so many academy players in that squad that have travelled, but obviously the, the big ones who are returning from injury. Um, we're going to have a look at the team hopefully next weekend against Aston Villa. What are sort of your hopes about this this small period? Are you, know, are you hopeful that maybe some unexpected players impress Potter and maybe get involved in that Bournemouth game? Or just, you know, what do you think Potter needs to do over the next couple of weeks to get the team ready? For, for me, I think, obviously, one of the, the massive bonuses, I think, is is obviously, like, there's a good amount of players there that can easily start in an 11 for, for, for the Bournemouth game. Um, I'd probably say around, around maybe six, seven players that could probably start that are, that are not at the World Cup. So, you know, like your Aubameyangs, Broja, I think Trev, obviously Trev's there with, with Fafana and James, who unfortunately, they couldn't obviously um, make the World Cup. I don't think Fafana was picked anyway, but but we all know Reese James was obviously going to be a massive part of the England squad and um, he, he unfortunately missed out. But like them guys being being there and training with, with kind of like a more relaxed, in a more relaxed kind of element and that, I think it's, it's going to do them... It's going to do them some good, like to to just um, get to grips with things again just before, because I think it's going to be quite hectic when when they come back as well. Obviously, because of the break and the World Cup, we're still going to have quite, like quite a few games being played, kind of off the back of like midweek games and then weekends, midweek and then weekend again. So it's like I think that's a positive. Like injuries, like injuries aside, and that like a lot of the players should be back in it. So. Um, 
that for the players, I think that's good. But for Potter, I think just him getting his ideas across on a on a regular basis without being interrupted, like even if it's not with the whole squad that he would like want there while he's doing while he's doing um, his coaching and that and getting his ideas across, I think it's just important for like a manager sometimes to get into kind of like the groove of things and be doing something regularly without having to completely shift focus from one team to another because you've, you've kind of got to just completely change what you're doing because of obviously the opposition, which is normal. But I think pre-season, he was kind of robbed of that with Chelsea. So this time here now, like I said, it's not with all of the squad, but it's with quite a few players who can who can have an impact on, on the first eleven. And um, if he can get his ideas across, hopefully it helps when the others come back and that. People were kind of reflecting and, you know, be obviously being quite negative after the Newcastle defeat. When you actually think about the time scale of Potter's first league game for Chelsea coming literally at the start of October. So it's like literally, like, it's mental how many games he had in that period. And, you know, to, to formulate a strong opinion and sort of a decisive opinion of whether Potter's the right coach for Chelsea or not in that time always felt a bit silly to me because that is so short, you know, just in terms of, I know football is obviously... Yeah, in recent years, it's been so congested. But, you know, for a coach to come in, not have a pre-season, not have a lot of the players, didn't have any say over the signings that came in, has had to deal with big injuries to transformative players like Reese James. I mean, it's not... It, it, he hasn't really had much of a breather. And, and I really do hope that, you know, for this period, we see some of those players, injured players returning, maybe the likes of Lewis Hall continue to impress. And and uh, I, I think... I, I don't know if you would have... I know you said about sort of an 11. I mean, I was sort of thinking before the break that there is kind of an 11 there that I was thinking of just picking not any of like the I think the only academy player I picked or unknown sort of player um out of ones that I think was Lewis Hall um you know players coming in but I think mostly the players that I picked and, and looking at those players if they return would have been a pretty decent 11 and that's that's a benefit that not a lot of our rivals have to be honest like a lot of them have players there and, and hopefully that'll be a, a boost to Chelsea right yeah for, for sure I think um but I think if you if you just even go off off, off um, go through them off the top of your head now, like you've got I think you've got Trev there, you've got Abamyang, you've got Broja, Fafana, Reese James. Um, I think although Gallagher is at the World Cup, I feel like he comes back pretty much fresh as well. And then so like you, I feel I feel like we're gonna have quite a strong squad when we start the league again. And then you've got players like Lewis Hall and Hutchinson who are who are already kind of knocking on the door and um, if there was any time to maybe see a Hutchinson maybe it is maybe it is you know um, including him in the in the 11 for for Bournemouth I don't think there's any harm in doing that I think you'd be silly not to understand why he's going to use the guys that he's had with him on um, during the break in in Dubai training and that so and Lewis Hall's already had two games for us so so I think, and he's played very well as well. So, yeah, I, I think um, we've we've definitely got enough players like back home, like to to kind of get ready for the season to 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 restart. Um, and yeah, I, I just I just wouldn't be too too uh, worried about some of the players that are coming back from the World Cup having like a little bit of like a, a break maybe you know not starting the first game and then maybe a couple of them being on the bench for the for the I think it's Bournemouth and Forest so you know because really and truly we should I know 
no game's an easy game in the Prem. We all know that. But with the talent that we have, with the players that we have, and in the coach that we have as well, because I'm 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 one of the ones that believes that Graham Potter is a guy to to kind of be a good manager for us long term, a great manager for us long term. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 excited about when they come back. To be honest, I know uh, there haven't been many formations that Graham Potter hasn't tried at Chelsea so far. I mean, what would be the one that you'd be going for in in the opening game? Is it kind of a preference, or are you kind of understanding that it's you know it's about the, the players maybe available to him? Again, it's it's always tough in it when you kind of have to shuffle around that, that you you have to shuffle around your squad and that and try and look for the guys who are fit who are you know even though Reese James and Fofana are back we don't know how long they they're going to be like fully fit for in terms of before the Bournemouth game if they've had like two three weeks where they where they're fully fit and training hard and you know it's first team training then yeah include them by all means but um, I think. When you're looking at the squad and the players that have to come back, it's good that Jorginho is still here. So I think I wouldn't be... I know people have their their um, their opinions about a 4-3-3 with Jorginho in the in the holding role, but it is a role that he does specialise in. Like, It's not in the way that maybe some people want to see it played. And, and, I, and I get that. Like the, the Prem does sometimes require you to be maybe a little bit more athletic, a little bit more defensive. Um and I think Jorginho tries his hardest to do that, but um, when he's in there, like isolated. But he's also played quite well under Potter. I, I will say that I think he's he's one of the few that's actually been quite consistent under Potter. And I think a four-three-three going into the game against Bournemouth, looking a bit more expansive, a little bit more attacking, and just a little bit more um, organized. I think that's 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 probably the mo- mo- most important word. I think. There's been a few games, especially coming into the World Cup. Um, we kind of looked a little bit all over the place, maybe a little bit less organised than than the good patch that we had with Potter. I'm a, I'm just a firm believer of like if that's what you want to do going forward, don't abandon it. You're seeing a few results that are not going your ways. It's bound to happen with the players that we've had out in terms of Reese James, Kante, etc. So, but if he feels that he can't play the system with with those players out, then yeah, I think he's had enough time to kind of come up, come up with a solution. Yeah, hopefully there will be kind of that chance for more consistency. And, uh, you know, if, if he can keep major players fit, I think there's a likelihood of, of that happening too. And it's easy to say, you know, will the second half of the season be less intense? I mean, for Chelsea, it, you know, it really requires Chelsea going out of competitions to, to be less stressful, you know. And obviously people don't want that. They don't want us going out of World Cup competitions. But um, it with the World Cup, it's just the nature of this season. And we've already had postponed games in the first half of the year. So it's still going to be difficult, but hopefully we will see, you know, more consistency, more rhythm. And, and as you said, it, it would be quite exciting, at least for me, because I, I like the formation. And I do agree with you with Jorginho. He's had some bad moments, you know, but I... You know, I think that in, in certain games, when you do see that protection round him, when Chelsea feel confident on the ball, Jorginho usually has a good game. I mean, I think the, the Salzburg one away from home was a really good example of that, where, you know, against a very high-pressing team, against a very athletic team, I think Jorginho showed his quality. Um, it's not like, you know, I think we've had conversations maybe on Twitter like this before, where I think there's there's extremes with Jorginho, right? It's always, that's my problem with Jorginho. It's like, he's not the greatest midfielder in the world, but he's not the worst midfielder in the world. You know, there is... I think there is a, a very durable player within there, but he's obviously going to be relied upon because he wasn't at the World Cup. I, you know, I, I think sort of the the inspiration for you know you coming onto the podcast today was um, 
sort of your thoughts on the Roman Abramovich era. And, and I think this is very relevant because although that has ended now when we're sort of going into the Todd Bowley era, people feel, I think, quite lost at the moment um, at the start of this new era and kind of what is Chelsea? Where should Chelsea be going? You know, is it is it all gone wrong? You know, can Chelsea ever be the same club again? And I know you have some interesting thoughts about maybe looking back at that Roman era and looking at it maybe a little bit differently to other people. Yeah, no, I, I, I do because I feel like in in the moment, and I have to be careful what I say here because it's it's a very very successful era. Let's let's we'll I'll never ever um, deny that. Do you understand? Like I'll never say that what we've been through with Roman and and all the chopping and changing and you know sacking managers and all that is it happened, but we won a ton of trophies doing it. Facts, but that's there's a lot there's there's been a lot of times where where I've been excited about seasons after winning a Champions League or a or a Premier League or an FA Cup even, and I'm I'm seeing the way that the squad is being formed and. You know, we're building a, a, a nice little squad and then all of a sudden it, it's just completely just collapsed. And for me, with all the things that Roman built for Chelsea, with all the success that he brought to the club, with all the, the great players that he brought to the club and the great academy that he's built. Yeah, that I just think we should have been so much more of a force in terms of consistency. So let's just say, for example, in, in the era where, where um, obviously we had Jose come in and that was when it first started and we won the two leagues on the bounce, a, a, a fantastic squad, um, you know, breaking records, doing all sorts, the 15 goals conceded, Czech being, you know, the amazing keeper that he, he, he is and that. And you know, we've done so many great things, but then what was the plan like after it, what what did we really try and achieve long term? Did we ever become the European superpower and and the league that like dominating the league in the way we really should have in terms of the way we started? And I just don't think every time we've got close to it, I just feel like we've just it's just something silly that kind of just makes us abandon this whole like whatever we're building with a certain manager. So whether it be Jose or whether it be Conte or whether you completely try a new thing with uh, with an AVB, for example, we've just completely just like bottled it and ran away from it as soon as something, like one thing goes wrong. And for me, I just think a, a club as big as us now, as, as, as club as, a club as big as we are now, with the success that we've had, the respect that we've gained from all our rivals, I just think we should have been doing so much better in terms of consistency. There is no way that you can win a Champions League and be 20 points off the league leaders. Not with the history that this club has had in terms of winning trophies. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. In no world does it make sense to almost go every single season winning a trophy, but yet in maybe half of those seasons, you've never even been a title contender. Do you know what I mean? Like I can talk about so many seasons, like already, even recently, where we've just not been involved. You look at your second season with Conte. You look at the season, the second season with um, is it the second or the third season with Jose? When he, when he, you know, when we were sitting like bottom half or whatever, 
um, and you know Diego and Hazard and all of them were were accused of of dialing tools in that. Like those those kind of seasons, I just think for me those kind of seasons they just shouldn't happen. Like whether it be due to the planning, the structure of the club, whatever it is, it shouldn't happen. Which is which is why when I see what we're doing now with with the owners, I just think it, yeah, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna pain us a bit. It's, it, there's, <laughs> we're gonna suffer. Like Graham Potter said, like this this kind of thing that you're trying to build. And remember, Potter knows Potter knows the actual project more than any fan does in terms of what their plans are. Potter knows exactly what the plan is. So he will know exactly how long it's probably going to take. So when he says that you're gonna, we're going to suffer, people have this kind of... I think some fans have this thing where they, they think he's just thinking about the, the results on the pitch. He's probably thinking about where these owners want to be in four or five years' time. And I think, for me, that's really important when I look at what's going on around us. I look at projects that you know Arsenal are doing now the project that Newcastle are, are, are currently involved in, which hasn't even really hit the heights that we know it possibly can with all the wealth that they have and the fan base that they have, the big club that they are. You have United, who we know will always be Manchester United, always be one of the biggest clubs in the world. You have Liverpool, same thing. And you, you still want to mess around, chop and change managers, have this kind of structure at, at your club where you're never quite sure when the chaos is going to come, but you know it's coming. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I, yeah, it's, it just don't sit right with me. In it. And and that, that for me is the only problem with the Roman era. I feel like we've become this kind of fan base that kind of welcomes chaos and kind of treats it like it's a good thing. Yeah, we're hated. We're hated. Um, there's always chaos at Chelsea. This is when we rise. No, I don't want it anymore. I'm, I'm done with it, Dan. I'm finished. It's interesting, you know, you talk about, you know, Jose, the, the first era of Jose and, and kind of, you know, I, at times I do think about that sliding doors moment of sort of if he doesn't have the falling out with Roman in 07, what happens then? You know, do we go through? Because I think what happens after that with the cycle of managers um, coming in and out and, you know, the, the high success, the massive falls and then back to high success again in some form, um, you know, I think that all becomes sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, the, the it's the way we we get conditioned because, you know, I find it fascinating that the two years we win the Champions League, for me, the, the biggest prize in football, the biggest prize in club football, that is, it, they came, as you said, in pretty bad and chaotic seasons. You know, the first AVB gets sacked um, halfway through, or not even halfway through, it's after halfway through. February gets sacked that year and we win the win the Champions League for the first time. Frank gets sacked, Tuchel comes in within four months. We, we're champions of Europe under him. You know, mental stuff. Um, but I do agree with you. I think particularly in the last five years of Roman's era, I think the we kept on going back to the well of what had worked before. And I think he felt the sort of the strategy or the club felt, and I think a lot of fans still feel this way after he's gone, that you sack the manager, a new manager comes in, everything works and then we'll do it again and we'll keep on doing that over and over again. And I think maybe Chelsea and Chelsea fans haven't maybe caught on to the fact that particularly in the Premier League, that doesn't work anymore. It worked five years ago. I think that's why we could go from first in 14-15, 10th in 15-16 and then back to first in 16-17. You can't, you can't do that anymore. Um you know, I, I don't know what you think about it because it's 
it's also just the conditioning I think of fans at this point that you know we're so used to that I think a lot of people particularly with Graham Potter now think well why hasn't he improved the team you know usually when we when we change the manager everything goes well like why hasn't a bit they they can't understand why you know but it's been unfortunate for Potter that he's had these three defeats in a row and it hasn't gone amazingly well because his predecessor literally took us to like the moon effectively in like four months so you know, it was always going to be, I think, a challenge for him. And it's such a big thing for, for, I think, Chelsea fans to kind of come to terms with and also kind of for the for the new owners to kind of change that culture. No, I, I completely agree. And, and and this is the thing, like, I'm not mad at Chelsea fans for for being upset about this period. Like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm a Chelsea fan myself. I'm, like, I know what you're like what you want from the club I get it like you want to win trophies you want to do the year in year out trophy every season we don't leave the season without a trophy regardless whether it be a Carabao Cup or the Champions League they don't care they just want a trophy do you understand but for me that is dangerous man it's it's dangerous going down this path where you're like all you're looking at in terms of um to kind of decide on, on whether your club's doing well or not is if you if you leave the season with a trophy I don't, I don't think like, for me, like we we got to how many finals last season? We got to the the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup final, right? And we had a decent little run in the Champions League, um, ending it on a you could say kind of ending it on a high with the kind of performance in away to Madrid. Um, but you look at say for example Arsenal's season, they didn't finish top four. But as a club, they moved so far forward, like in terms of overall their performance throughout the season. But Chelsea will tell you because we finished in two finals, and we had and we ended like the way we did in the Champions League and all that, and we still finished top four. That Arsenal didn't do better than us, bro. They 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 were they moved so far forward compared to what we did last season. We didn't move forward. We actually regressed. Despite and that sounds so crazy, but again, it's typical Chelsea because you you end the season being in two finals, you you end it with a performance away at Madrid where you think to yourself, if Chelsea can do that to Madrid, they can they they should be able to do that to anybody. But re- realistically, we actually regressed as a club. We bought Lukaku; it didn't work out. Midway through the season, he's he's not playing anymore, and we 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 look a shadow of ourselves compared to what we looked like beginning of the season, and 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 probably even in the Champions League winning season. So it's like, it's not always about winning trophies. And, and, and like in terms of what success, what success can look like for a team when you're kind of going through the motions and going through a project or whatever, it's not always going to look like that. But I think more importantly for me, when you have an academy like Chelsea do, um, and, and you kind of lack the structure in which, we, in which we've lacked for so many years. I think it's only a matter of time before somebody comes in and says, well, this ain't right. Like, how did we have... You, you, like, he was right to me. Like, I know he mentioned it in the wrong way, like saying that they came from the academy and Salah and De Bruyne, but he had every right to mention them because people just laugh at us every day because you had Kevin De Bruyne and you had... Um, Salah in your in your club at the same time. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7 liter high output turbo engine, delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromised durability. Impressive power 
Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks. This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. And that an Eden Hazard and a one matter was here. You should not be fumbling that squad. Whether it be whether it be you get the manager wrong or you fall out with the players, whatever it is, there's a reason as to why teams like City have the structure they do because it prevents all of those things from happening at all levels. So people come and say, oh, but Jose was the manager. That's who he wanted to play. He wanted to play Oscar instead of Kevin De Bruyne. No problem. But then when you was building that squad, did you look at Jose and actually think that Jose was going to be perfect for these youngsters? You clearly got it wrong. You see what I'm saying? So, so for, for me, I think this whole thing that we're doing now where people are quick to write off Potter and that, they need to understand that Potter might actually be the guy to play your Hutchinsons, to play your, your Lewis Halls. Do you understand? These new kids that come in, that, that um, even Carney, for example, that's come, just come in this, this, um, this summer, or last summer, sorry, um, he's going to get his opportunities under Potter. Uh, can I confidently say that I believe that that would happen under Tuchel? I don't think I can. And that doesn't mean he's not a good manager. But I, I honestly cannot, you cannot put hand on heart and say that you would have firmly believed that Tuchel would have driven a youth-driven project. Like he would have led that, that spearheaded that. I, I just, I can't see it because Tuchel wanted to win now, right now. And he's not a criminal for like wanting and believing in, in the Chelsea team to win now because that's all Chelsea have been about. But clearly the owners also see that if we can get things right now and maybe, you know, we won't be winning the trophies and that, but if we can get the structure right now and we can get a pool of talent where we have the right manager to kind of bring these guys through, utilise the academy, utilise the, play, the players that we've managed to buy from abroad as well, these young talents, then we can actually be that team that dominates and actually dominates Europe, in Europe and in, in the league. And we're never, ever a team that goes from first to sixth to first again. Do you understand? So patience is, is, is the main thing, I think, for me right now. It's, it's interesting you say, like, uh, particularly the Arsenal comparison last year, I, f- I think is an interesting one because by the end of the season, um, when I was looking at the Premier League table and how close we were to both Spurs and Arsenal was quite depressing when you actually think about where both clubs were at the start of the season when Lukaku scored and we won quite convincingly at the Emirates and you felt like these two clubs are not going to be anywhere near each other this season. They beat us at the bridge later that year. They've obviously come to the bridge recently uh, and won. They're having an incredible season so far. I think they've got the same points tally so far this season as we did in 0-4-0-5. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You know, it's it's insane how well they're doing. Um, And obviously they got mocked for not getting the Champions League football last year, but you see the the project or the process as it's, you know, used um, a lot and and overused probably, but it's, it's... Arteta's had to go through some very bad periods, but he's been trusted. And and with the trophy thing, you know, Jurgen Klopp, his first trophy for Liverpool came in, what, his third or fourth season? And that was the Champions League. But by the time they had reached that, they were already competing for the Premier League. You know, they had... They'd fixed the squad. They'd started to... You know, they were they were getting closer to winning the Premier League. And, and I always... Uh, Joe Tweeds, who I, you know, reference a lot, and he says it, and I, and I completely agree with him. The Premier League is 
is your bread and butter. It's, it's where you're judged the quality of your team. And unfortunately, I think Chelsea fans and, and we've we've looked at these brief runs of form, these cup wins as kind of like the way to kind of judge how great the team is when it's kind of, it's been quite deceiving. Because I, I know that this squad, or at least a squad in recent years, can go on decent runs. I know for like, I know they can have good weeks, but, you know, good years in the league is like, you know, months and months of consistent form is, is has been difficult. And I completely agree with you. It's, it's not so much the head coach. It's what's above him that's been the problem. It's, it's that, it's that overarching vision that doesn't, you know, consistently change things so radically and, and what what is Chelsea? What what are we trying to do? You know, I think that's always been my big question, the why over why we sign players, why are we appoint coaches. And I think that was absolutely lost in the last few years under Roman. Um but it's it's interesting and hopefully, you know, we see that improvement. I know you were speaking about Academy talent. One he was an Academy talent but now he's, you know, fully fledged first team and we hope he signs a contract and that is obviously uh, Mason Mount. He's out um in Qatar with the England team actually has been out the team the last couple of games we'll see if he features at all against France but uh, I think he's you know he's probably had his most difficult start to life at Chelsea you know this season I think has been probably his worst run of form but you know he still had some decent performances and I really want to talk to you about sort of the future of him at Chelsea and his positioning because you know He's done such amazing work at Chelsea for a young player. You know, I think already he's, you know, he's broken records. He's he's performed in massive games for Chelsea. He's had some lows as well, which any young player has. But, you know, I, I do think there is a valid concern about his development now and being used as kind of a jack of all trades for coaches. Um, kind of a Cesar Aspilicueta further up the pitch in, in a sense, which is kind of a worry for me. Um, what do you think about his development? And, and I guess maybe that links to some of the negativity or criticism he receives on a regular basis. With, with, with Mason Mount, I think um, he's, he's, he's a bit of a victim in terms of, I feel like, the way the coaches try to use him. I think there's clearly a reason all these coaches use him because it's, it's not fluke. It, it's, it's definitely not fluke that, you know... <laughs> People can talk as much as they want about Potter trying to select him now, but your fan favourite Tuchel was selecting him as well. And then, you know, Southgate, obviously, Southgate selecting him, had that came with a lot of like, backlash and all of that because of the players you have in the team. And I don't really mind that. If you prefer a Foden to a Mount, I'm not going to argue with you. Like, Foden's a great player. Do you understand? I'd, I've got no problems with that. I think... <clears throat> I think the issue is the way Mount is as a player, especially off the ball, I think it's hurt him a lot in terms of him moving forward as a player. A lot of people only talk about what he does off the ball now in terms of what he brings to a team. And I've never said Mount is is exceptional at anything, but I actually think he's good at most things. So I think he's just He's, he's got decent feet when he gets the ball. He's a good passer of the ball in terms of just ne- like technique-wise. Like he's a, he's a he can switch the ball like clean right on your feet. Like do you know what I mean? Like he he technically he's a well-rounded footballer. Good energy, good intensity. Receives instructions well. With with Mason Mount, I think what what he's going to um, struggle with now is maybe managers coming away from him being the main guy. Because I I I think it's unfair that he's kind of been built into this guy that, and it's been the managers that have also done this. It's like 
you know, without Mason Mount, you know, we're not going to do this. And it brings this kind of pressure to his game as well that I don't think it's, it's needed at this point in time. Like, he shouldn't be carrying a Chelsea team, in my opinion. Like, he shouldn't have had to carry a Chelsea team in the way he did in, in the first season with Lampard. Do you understand? And that doesn't mean that every single performance he had was was outstanding. But when people needed to stand up and be counted, Mount has done it more than most of the guys that have played. Now, people will argue and say, oh, but, you know, he had that chance because he played week in, week out. And I think that and there's an element of that which is, like, true. I think maybe if you play, I don't know, I don't think so personally, but some people might think that if you play Pulisic week in, week out, as much as you play Mount, you get the same results. Personally, I don't think so. But that's the issue people are having, I think, with Mount as well, is that they feel like if certain other players got the, the game time that he did, they would do what he does. But I've seen enough from players like Ziyech, from players like Pulisic, to suggest otherwise. Do you understand? And that's not... and. And again, that's not Mount's fault. Like these guys, when they get the opportunity to come in, they're they're putting on a real, like some bad bad performances. Like and there's people saying, oh, but it's you know what you meant to do in a cameo. There's a lot of players that only get cameos, and they do much better than what we've seen. Like that, you can't always use that excuse. I I, I can take it. I can I can hear that excuse to a certain extent, like, oh, you know, like, you can't expect a player to kind of find their form if they're only coming on for every 15, 20 minutes. But that's not really been the case with Pudisic. Hasn't really been the case with Ziyech. Hasn't really been the case with, I don't know, even hudson Odoi sometimes when he's been here. So, like, I think where Mount is getting a lot of the game time, his performances are up and down, and he's been kind of made into this kind of player where people feel like, Managers think he's like this special, super special talent that can, you know, just, I don't know, win you the game or whatever. I think that is what's hurting him the most. That's what's bringing the criticism. Because I don't think Mason Mount thinks he's that. Do you understand? I think Mason Mount just wants to get on with his game, develop his game. I don't think he wants to be chosen every every week, game, week, week, just to press and for energy. He's got more to his game than that. But at the end of the day, this is what the managers are asking from him. This is what Southgate's asking for him. You can see Southgate asks him to come on, press, give him energy. Do you understand? And, and I think if, if, you let, if you kind of let him play his all-round game in midfield, I think you'll see a much better version of Mason Mount. If it's been as bad as it has like for as long as it has this season. Because that's, like, that's not really Mason Mount. He doesn't really... He's never been like this poor for this long since being at Chelsea like since being in Chelsea's first team do you understand so I think yeah I think it's, there's a combination of reasons as to why Mason Mount's getting a lot of criticism at the moment I think it's unfair um, I'd want him to sign a contract I think 300 grand I don't know what the numbers are but 300 grand is a lot of money it's a lot of money I think you know there, there's some there's some serious players out there that ain't even on that wage so um, he'll do well to, to get that contract but if he gets it uh, I don't really think I'm going to have too much to say about it to be honest I think that the, the thing of him being such a being required to to have such a big role at Chelsea I think is, is so relevant in terms of 
you look at the players that have come in and Chelsea have invested in to be kind of bigger players and have failed. You know, you, you look at, uh, you know, I know we're going to talk about, play, I'm, I'm going to reference players in different positions and I know people will go, well, he doesn't play in the same position. But just in terms of particularly attacking ones that we expected to come in and take the burden of maybe creativity or goal scoring that haven't, you know, Timo Werner, massive failure. Um, Hakim Ziyech hasn't turned out to be a player we want him to be. Christian Pulisic, you know, is has kind of stalled at Chelsea at this point. Um, Lukaku didn't become that player. Kai Havertz, I still don't know what Kai Havertz is going to be at Chelsea. Um, there have been so many of those stories over recent years whilst Mountain has been developing. And, you know, I think he's kind of become that player because it's been very difficult over recent years to find a consistent player, one who plays in the final third, one that you can go, okay, nine times out of 10, who are you putting your money on to do something good? And Mason is still top of that list for me. I mean, I, you know, I know people, you reference it, right? Like people in my comments, you know, on Twitter will say, if Pulisic gets more chances, usually Pulisic is the one I, I haven't really said anyone's saying anything about Ziyech. I think most people have forgotten about Ziyech at this point, but it's, it's mostly Pulisic I hear say if he, and they show me the stats of his goals and assists in games. And fair enough, I've, I've always been, I'm not a massive fan of Pulisic, but I've always seen what he could offer at Chelsea. Um, but, you know, Mount has been asked to do that. And I think he's been one of those guys in, in tougher moments to really stand up. And, you know, even this season, we've seen that little, you know, boost we had when Potter arrived. And we saw Mount have those performances against Wolves, I thought was probably his best performance of the season. You know, AC Milan away, he was really good on the ball. You know, there, there is a player there. I mean, do you think, we, we referenced formations earlier about a 4-3-3. I mean, I think an eight on the left or right of a 4-3-3, for me, and he and I think he said it himself is his best role. It is the role he wants to play, and I I, I completely understand that because I, I think it's just that blend of of him on the ball a bit more, where he's able to dictate things when he's playing as kind of an inside forward. You know, he does I think very naturally become more of a an off the ball player just for his pressing. Yeah, no, I I agree, and 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 this is one thing I think um, I saw earlier in the season with Potter in maybe I think it might have been one of the Milan games where he wasn't focused on on getting the goals and assists. He was he was dropping deep, he was picking up the ball, he was switching play. And these are they're, they're little things. They're not anything like extravagant. But some of the best footballers, they just do some of the simple things just really well and consistently. So like if Mason Mount is getting the ball and he's constantly switching play and he's shuffling the team from side to side and the opponent is struggling to kind of shuffle from side to side because he's he's doing it so much, he's picking up the ball, he's keeping it moving. Like Mason Mount can do that. He's capable of doing that. I've seen him do it in a Chelsea shirt. And I think not chasing goals and assists right now in this in this precise moment right now, now I think is needed I think they, they need to take that away from him and just say to him listen that is not your job that isn't your job your first job be a midfielder just be a midfielder pick up the ball pop it about a bit switch play when you can and if you can support attacks then yeah of course by all means be that be that guy to, to, to get in the box because we haven't got many midfielders that can do that apart from probably Gallagher as well who Again, I don't think Gallagher is the type to... The only reason why Gallagher wouldn't play is because Gallagher's not the type. He's not as technically secure as, as somebody like a Mount is where he'll drop in and kind of pop it about and switch play a lot more and stuff like that. And, and Mount has got the odd pass in his locker. It's not as consistent 
as some of the like better players in a number ten role or with with a bit more vision and and maybe um, you know a bit more like a better football brain maybe like there are better players than him that that can do that stuff. But for me, Mount, like I said, it's, it's not about being exceptional at one thing. Mount can do a lot of things with the football, but he he's I, I think people just expect too much. They want like everything from Mount and. That's the mistake that fans also make in terms of when they're analysing him or when they're looking at him. You're, you're expecting him to be this guy that can do all these things at an exceptional level. But I think you, you just need to kind of take take away some of that like responsibility of going and getting these goals and assists and being like your top, your top player with the top assists and that. Just let him focus on being a midfielder. And 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 I think that's where you you see the best of Mason Mount, in my in my opinion. Whether Potter, Potter lets him do that, um, is is it remains to be seen because I, I don't think the structure is right for him at the moment either, to be honest. And <laughs> that's another thing with the team, you know, the structures, it's not something that really helps Mason Mount either in terms of when he plays. Like you said, we can't score, so we got to play him up top sometimes, or you know, we ain't got enough energy and legs in the midfield, so we have to play him a little bit deeper. It's like. He's suffering along with the team as well. So. Yeah, I mean, I've heard suggestions that naturally the the contract situation is is maybe playing on his head as well. You know, as you'd expect. You know, and and it's the same with a lot of players, right? You know, I think and the upheaval. I think just there is it, when we were speaking about sort of Chelsea and Abramovich and the chaos and how we need to get away from that. There is a collateral, you know, there's collateral damage from that, and I think it absolutely has impacted players, even players like Mount, who who are regarded some of the more consistent or like the have the right mentality at Chelsea. I think that it's clearly going to impact players when they're being asked every couple of years, okay, now you're a number eight and a four three three, or now you're going to play as an inside forward. Now, you know, we need you to do this. We need you to do that. And it's for a young player still developing. It's probably, probably not the best thing for him and where he wants to see his career go. I think that he could be a very good player or just a, an impactful player in his current position. Um, but I think there may be a ceiling to what he could do. I think if, if we wanted a more rounded, long-term player at Chelsea who maybe turns out to be a lot more creative in his game and, and gets better, I, I do agree that maybe a number eight is is where his future lies. Uh, before we wrap up, Jay, um, just your kind of hopes for the rest of the season. You know, I know we've been speaking a lot about what, you know, Chelsea have to get used to and Chelsea fans have to get used to suffering a bit. Um, but, you know, what what are sort of your hopes and positive sort of feelings for for the second half of the season? Um, while while we're still close to top four, I think my hopes would be that if we can get off to a good start, maybe get like two solid wins. I think with like good performances as well versus um, Forest and Bournemouth. Um, I think not being in the cup competitions might help us. I know we'll still be in the Champions League. Um, I think we've got Dortmund, haven't we? So that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be very interesting. They haven't been that great this season either, to be fair. So um, I, I think I'd expect us to beat them and, and, and carry on into the Champions League. I, I actually expect a decent Champions League run, you know. I think um, I think we've still got it in us to, to kind of go on a run in the Champions League. But in the league, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's top six, but while we're still there and about for top four, I still think we can do top four. It's just, it's just about, I suppose it's just about this period, isn't it? Like what Potter's, what Potter's maybe discovered in terms of 
what he's chosen to go with? Has he had enough time to think about, like you said, um, maybe one or two kind of formations where he goes back and forth to one, like both of them. But, you know, everything's a little bit more consistent. So the instructions that he's given the players is a bit more consistent. Does he know exactly who he's going to kind of go with for most positions now Now when they come back? Because he would have learned a lot even watching in the World Cup, like watching some of the players, you know? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, some of it can play into his hands in terms of watching Ziyech for Morocco, watching Pulisic for, for USA. Maybe maybe that's something that he, he needed to do because he didn't get to do it as much in pre-season because he was focusing on his Brighton squad. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Um, and then we've got the January window as well. And we can't forget that. I mean, there's been a lot of exciting talk about the January window, in my opinion. Um, if we get that right, that can change a lot, in my opinion, because I think not having somebody like a Kante, maybe, you know, all of a sudden we have a backup for Reese James, we have a backup for Kante, and then it's like, okay, like we, we might be back. Like we, we might have a squad again to kind of at least push for top four. So, yeah, all in all, top, top six, um, preferably obviously top four, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a thing where, due to everything that's just gone on at the beginning of the season and, and, and Paul, like... Um, not having the time that he probably wanted at the beginning of the season, maybe, maybe it might be um, a reason as to why we just about finished outside it, outside top four. Yeah, I think the the one thing Potter needs, and I think the one thing the club needs is a boost of positivity. You know, a, a feeling of unity. If I think for Potter, unfortunately, he needs a big win against a big rival. I think that's what he needs. I think that is what it will take to kind of get people. You know, for Lampard, Lampard was going to be Lampard, but I, you know, distinctly remember the win at Spurs. Felt like a massive moment in his season. For Tuchel, he got it quite early away at Spurs. Funny enough, as well. Uh, maybe we just need to play Spurs and we'll have it. But you know, I know we play Man City quite early on, and listen, at the moment, no one is going to give Chelsea much of a chance in that game. But you know, you could imagine the scenes. You know, it's nice to think of if we beat Man City at home or we beat them away in the FA Cup. But I think it it will take something like that. To, I think also to put Tuchel in the past finally um, you know and really make people feel like no Graham Potter is the Chelsea coach now this is his era you know now we can look forward a bit and and it's not just you know I'm not just going to put that on the fans and say oh you know blame the mood around you know the players and Potter himself need to produce that they need to produce those performances that make us all inspired you know it's if we play like we did against Newcastle and Arsenal where there's no optimism and you don't see the, the team gelling. You don't see them trying to go for the game. Naturally, fans are going to be like, what's the point in this? Like, it just, it feels even more depressing. Yeah, no, and and, and um, that's what I would like, I would want to say as well is like, for me, I'm quite optimistic sometimes, like a lot of the time. I'm optimistic about how things are going to go when we get rid of a manager or whatever. And I just try to see the, the better side of things because I don't really like doing this whole thing where it's like, Ah, uh, he's not going to be good and this and that. Like from the get go, like I'm not really like that. I try to see the positives and then I just try to kind of see where the team's going and I just focus on what's in front of us because, like at the end of the day, Tuchel's not coming back, um, you know. And and whatever you may think about the owners, they they clearly have their reasons as to why they they've gone with Par, and we're seeing them as well, very active in terms of forming the structure of the club as well. So it's not just it's not just Tuchel's position that changed. 
to understand is a lot of people's positions changed. And that's what I think people need to remember. It's, it's not just Tuchel. A lot of people left with Tuchel. You know, I mean, Czech, who is is more of a Chelsea boy than, than Tuchel ever be, is one of the people that went as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, um, and that's not to say that Tuchel is not special to, to, to Chelsea fans. I think he will forever be. I think his time here was amazing. I think I, I was even still sad to even see him go at the time he did. But I think, um, I, I just think in, in general now, what we need to do is we we do need to kind of let Potter have this time to just show what he's actually been brought in for because a lot of what we're doing is potential I don't know if you've seen like, some, some of my tweets but a lot of my tweets recently have been it's been a lot to do with like the youth and potential 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 because a lot of what we're doing right now it just seems like it's surrounded by potential P- Potter in terms of coming to a big club is again it's a, it's a platform for him to become potentially one of the, the better managers in the league at a big club we know that he's a good manager at Brighton we've seen it over the years but the questions are obviously being asked, is he is he good enough to, to, to manage a big team? They, he was brought in based off potential. They don't know what Potter's going to be like in the next couple of years, but what they think he's going to be is a great manager. And, and that's the same with the academy and the players that we have there. And it's the same with the young talent that we're scouting at the moment and bringing into the club. It's all potential. And even the team in recruitment, that's also based off these new guys that have been in the, the not, not new guys, they've been in obviously their roles for a while, but I think some of them are kind of like names coming up, you know what I mean, in terms of in, in the field, in terms of being great at recruitment and great at structuring a, a side and stuff like that. So all of this is new. It's not just what's going on on the pitch. So for, for like you said, for you to kind of, kind of just be getting that potter after eight weeks, you have to understand that there's a whole movement that might even take maybe 12 months, do you know what I mean, to actually form itself properly and actually start working. So, yeah, man, just got to be positive, patient, I guess, and and then hope for the best, because otherwise it's just more chaos in it. So I'm not really really for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really want to, you know, fall into just nihilism you know nihilism fc you know i I, you know you want to have some positivity and hope around football and you know especially chelsea so as i hopefully does that potential turns into something better and and i really do think that you know i think we've got good players i do I, i don't think the squad is completely trash like i just i reject that idea and i just don't think it's very fun to think that all the players are just abysmal um because we have seen some all right they've been rare but some decent performances this season so hopefully as you said we'll see it in the second half of the season uh, thank you so much jay for for coming on the podcast today uh, as i do with all my guests uh, just a chance for you to shout out where people can find your work or your chelsea thoughts online uh yeah my twitter handle is um i don't mind uh spell e-y-e don't mind so uh yeah just type that in and, and you'll find me on twitter um just talking a lot about chelsea really that's all i that's all i really use football for mainly football um, but yeah yeah defo go and follow jay uh, really good account and as i said as as you've seen in this conversation some really good thoughts and interesting thoughts about chelsea if you are listening on the podcast feed please do give us a rate and review it really does help out and if you're watching on youtube hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads follow me on twitter at son of chelsea and i will see you again very soon all the best
Social Podcast Network.